0: Good day, everyone. Welcome to the CSU Relentless Gardener podcast. I am Colorado State University Extension Area Specialist in Horticulture, Linda Langelo. And joining me today is Lisa Brewer, a former Colorado Master Gardener from Kit Carson County and a retired librarian of the Burlington Public Library. Now let us get to the heart of it, where we explore the horticultural topic of ch- of children's gardening books. Hello, Lisa, how are you? I'm
1: good, Linda, how about you?
0: Good, good, so what are some of the best books? Well,
1: there are dozens and dozens of wonderful kids' books with gardening as the subject, but I've selected about 18 of my favorites here. And I'll go through those. And uh, I've got them broken down into some categories that should be helpful. All of these are excellent books that you can get at your local libraries for free. Or there are a lot of it that you can download um, uh, for e-readers. However, children's books are designed to be in children's hands with their illustrations. So I strongly suggest you go get them at your local library. There are three that are my absolute favorites for general interest to be read with the family because they're funny as well as being informative. The first one is Tops and Bottoms by Janet Stevens. And it is a fun, fun story about a a bear who has too much land and he's lazy and he doesn't want to farm it. So he makes a deal with a hare who has a lot of children to feed. And the hare is just hilarious. He figures a way to, to trick that bear out of the crops by saying, well, you can have the tops of the plants, we'll have the bottoms this time. And so he grows carrots. Well, the bear didn't like the tops that he got, so they changed the next time. The bear got the bottoms, the hare got the tops, and the hare grew cabbage. So you can see where this is going. It's a wonderful book to teach kids what parts of plants we eat. Another one which teaches the uh, lesson that all gardeners have to learn that sometimes the weather or animals will destroy your garden and you have to start over. This book is called Badger's Perfect Garden by Marsha Arnold, and it is wonderfully illustrated with all these animals who pitch in and help Badger fix his garden after the weather has destroyed it. Another fun one is The Curious Garden by Peter Brown. And it's about a little boy who lives in the city and finds an old elevated railroad tracks where some weeds and some flowers are trying to live. And he gets the wonderful idea of turning all of that into a beautiful garden. And pretty quick, the city he lives in is covered with wonderful gardens.
0: So what age group are those books for?
1: Those uh, three books are excellent picture books for You should really be reading to your kids from the day they're born. And so these would go clear up to three and four-year-olds. They're fun for the entire family. We have read them at story time at the library with older kids, you know, seven, eight, nine, who enjoyed the, the books as well. So there's really not too much of an age limit. Anytime you're reading books with your children is good, good time.
0: Well, and it's different than taking them out in the garden and showing them your way of gardening and there's nothing wrong with That's that right. but a book opens a door for creativity imagination and literacy yes it certainly does it's all tools that those little brains are absorbing even when you think
1: they're not paying attention they really are <laughs> yeah
0: because if you do something something modeling that something you don't want <laughs> right they, they they're they quick to pick it they up certainly are and, and they keep it <laughs> yes they do <laughs> The next
1: three are wonderful introductions to gardens for children two to three years old. They are simple text, not a whole lot of words, wonderful pictures, and they start introducing the idea of you know, what is a garden what happens there. The first one is Up in the Garden and Down in the Dirt by Kate Messner. The other one is Over in the Garden by Jennifer Ward and another one called What Will Grow by Jennifer Ward. All of these teach kids about the importance of soil, all the different kinds of plants, what grows from what seed, what animals need to be in the garden to make it work well, and what wonderful worlds are in a garden full of animals and birds and insects. It's just really fun. And that starts those little, little brains, those two and three year old brains, to realizing there's a bigger world out there that we're all part of. So those are some of my favorites too.
0: And uh, there's a lot of surprises that come up in a garden. Yes, (laughs) they are. And they can be
1: um, startling surprises. I, you know, think of snakes in the garden, but they're a fact of life. And you need to teach kids and adults not to fear them, <laughs> you know, not to run screaming out of the garden if you can help it.
0: But uh, it's just all part of the garden experience. Well, it's 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 like you have to honor everything yes. because it has its own place, even rabbits. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, even when they've eaten your garden, they are still serving a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> this next list has included some uh, nonfiction books by an author named Gail Gibbons, She does an amazing job on explaining science things, nature things, earth things to children with wonderful, simple explanations and gorgeous pictures. The three that are my favorite for the garden are called the honeymakers, which of course are about bees. Uh, An excellent one is From Seed to Plant. And the other one is The Vegetables We Eat. I highly recommend all three of those to uh, introduce kids to more of uh, how and why we have gardens. Um, Another fun one, now that I'm a grandmother, this is one of my favorites. It's called Walking in Grandma's Garden by Bobby Roman. And it's a, a, a wonderful introduction to grandma's garden with the flowers and the vegetables and everything. And I don't know how you got started with gardening. I got started with In My Grandma's Garden.
0: Grandma had roses out the back kitchen door. Oh, and, and we, she would take all the coffee grounds and she taught me how to put them around yep. for the acidity. And that was sort of my start. And then later on, my dad started a vegetable garden in the back of the lot. And he told me how to do different things. I always didn't really yeah. do <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, it's a communication. It is. Well, and gardening is a great experiment,
1: even for master gardeners. You know, I have never yet had a garden where we didn't have failure of some sort. Right. It's just the nature of a garden. Right, right, right. But uh, I learned my grandmother had a very large vegetable garden on her farm in Southeast Kansas. And I remember being very surprised one day when she told us, Okay, kids, go out and get the ducks out and move them over to the garden. And I'm like, there's no pond over there. But she had discovered tomato hornworms on her tomatoes. And we took the three ducks and turned them loose in that garden. And they had it cleaned of the hornworms in about four hours
0: without damaging the tomato plants. Very smart. Well, and I noticed already this year, they're already out in full force. Yes, yes starting
1: early this year yes another really really fun garden book is called the sunflower house by eve bunting and it uh, is a story of kids who raise sunflowers and turn them into their playhouse at the the peak of the season and it's something you can actually do with your own kids sunflowers are easy and they're impressive too because they're so big but that's a fun one the Reason for a Flower by Ruth Heller is excellent. It talks about, we think that flowers are there for us. to it love their beauty and their smell and stuff? No, they're not for us. They're to attract all the pollinators. And they are specific to certain pollinators. And this book introduces those ideas beautifully. One of my favorite fun stories is called Plants Can't Sit Still by Rebecca Hirsch, and it discusses all the ways that plants move. They move their seeds so they can have new plants other places. They they do some amazing things moving. They're much more alive than we realize, much more animated, and this book really highlights that.
0: It sounds like a book I want to read. Yep.
1: <laughs> you would love it. <laughs> that
0: sounds like so creative. It's
1: very creative, and it really introduces kids to the idea that plants are smart in ways that we don't even understand them and and the way they have adapted to the conditions and overcome their limitations and that's an excellent excellent lesson for kids to learn as well
0: well and they should teach us about how we can adapt to change you know and we're so uh rigid in that we get set in our ways yeah We, we
1: truly do And the the last one in this group is called, What Do Roots Do? by Kathleen Kudlinski. And it explains very well with gorgeous illustrations, how important roots are and what they look like in the ground underneath these plants. We we do the little diagram, you know, and and kids are raised thinking that a tree is like a carrot, has this huge taproot. That's not true. It's... Very different from that, but this book really discusses all types of roots and uh, uh, makes them think about you know what does it look like under the ground there with those roots. So that's a that's a great book as well.
0: Wouldn't it be neat if the library had a place where there was a tree and you could dig down and, and excavate mm-hmm. and show the kids how the roots are yeah. growing? Uh, I I did a water conservation talk and. When you water like winter wheat and you water it deeply and you water it a lot more, the roots go further down. And if there's less water, like two to six inches, the roots are going to stay at the top. And, you know, that just says, this is, this is what we have to do if we want more nutrients. Yeah. Yeah, And strong trees and and good wheat, a good wheat crop and Mm -hmm. so forth. And it's amazing amazing how
1: I saw an exhibit online not too long ago where a man had, uh, I'm sure it was an extension agent, I think back in the tall grass prairie of the Flint Hills of East Kansas. Mm -hmm. And he had taken kind of like a side view of all these native plants Mm -hmm. and how deep and how far down their roots grow compared to corn and wheat and our newer grasses that we use in, in lawns. And it was Labbergasting because he was a six foot tall man standing at the soil level of this display, and most of those native grasses, especially the tall grass ones, were as big as he was or more because that is how deep they go to hold the soil in place.
0: Well, and that points out the importance of watering deeply and less frequently because the more frequently the water's going to sit at the top, it doesn't infiltrate unless you water for a while to allow Let it to soak go yeah exactly yes. yes
1: another and that you know it's another aspect of gardening that kids love to water they love to help you water but you have to teach them there is such a thing as too much and the timing is everything so to speak you know and uh, it also uh I don't think any of these really bring in watching the temperatures, highs and lows. That's -hmm. a little maybe too technical for kids. But as Mm -hmm. they get older, that would be really wonderful to teach them to measure the cold that night and the um, heat during the day. And have we had rain or fog? And do we need to water or not?
0: Any, Any books that allow a child to actually do a garden diary?
1: There, there is one, it's my very last one that I'll talk about, okay. that has all <laughs> kinds of activities for the garden. Cool. And there are amazing resources for children's gardens in your extension office fact sheets. Um, any local garden group um, has a lot of things. So it's a lot of resources out there. We just need to get your hands on them. And most of them are free. That's the amazing thing about this country. It is free. All you have to do is get a library card. And you are, uh, once you're a member of a library, your world is so open. And what their library, our, our small town of Burlington, is connected to over 100 other libraries in the state of Colorado that we can borrow materials from for free. It doesn't cost you anything. Just go visit with your libraries. That's what they're there for. And teach your kids to love the library.
0: That's an important thing to let people know about, because I don't think a lot of people know that it's not just right there, right right housed in that building, because with the internet and everything today, there's connected to the world. really. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes. Yep.
1: And my last bunch of books have lots and lots of ideas and information on planting and caring for gardens dealing with insects in your garden. They're not all bad. They don't all need to be killed. (laughs) There's ways to deal with it that are amazing. We let the plants handle the insects. It's it's amazing the way they can take care of things themselves. But uh, this list starts with Eddie's garden and uh, how to make things grow by Sarah Garland. It's about a little boy, Eddie, who wants to learn to garden and he learns all kinds of really nifty tricks. And uh, there's no reason for you not to try those tricks. Some will work well, some will not. Um, another one is called Plant, Sow, Make it Grow by Esther Combs, another good one with basic gardening tips for, for kids and parents who are absolute beginners. I would think that if a parent has never gardened before, to start with your kids would be a fantastic thing. And I speak from experience raising a daughter in a garden who's, she's now going to be 31. And uh, she was always the best vegetable eater in her school. The teachers always commented, Tess always eats her vegetables. Well, she grew up in the garden tasting what vine ripe and tomatoes were like, green beans. And it's really cool when they've
0: raised them of their well, that's a very important point because if they grow them in a home environment, it's safe and yes. they feel safe trying it. And once they've tried it a couple times, they know what their tastes are. Yes. And so they say, oh, this is, this is really nice. This, this food I like. actually has
1: flavor. Yes, <laughs> yes, it
0: does. And then it's all about the physical activity that you want your child to have so that As they grow older, they are not susceptible or as susceptible to all the illnesses and diseases out there. They're used to that physical activity.
1: And they've been playing in the dirt and their immune system is fabulous. My daughter ate a lot of dirt when she was little (laughs) in the garden, but you know what? She's never sick. She just, you know, she's not. And uh, so it paid off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But another really great one is, and it's one of my favorites for activities to do in the garden. It is Roots, Shoots, Buckets, and Boots by Sharon Lovejoy. And it has wonderful illustrations. It has wonderful ideas like raising a pizza garden with everything you need to make your own pizzas. It'll also have instructions for doing a sunflower house. It's got um, water gardens, which are awesome. You know, I, I, I have a good friend who has three stock tanks full of water lilies and goldfish. Mm. And her grandkids just love to mess with the fish. You know, And we have water lilies and fish in our pond, which is a wildlife water source on our place. And our little two-year-old grandson thinks it's the coolest thing to go feed the fish and so it's a lot of fun they have scent gardens mm-hmm. where you have a lot of flowers that are strongly scented and there's also spice gardens one of my favorites i've never done but i want to someday is called a moon garden with uh generally white flowers that reflect the moonlight and it's really cool to go out at night in those all of these have excellent excellent instructions color illustrations, how to do it, nothing could be simpler, and it is so much fun, and I would really, really promote, you know, working parents, it's hard. You know, yeah, I was lucky enough to be a stay-at-home mom, so I had that extra time. The grandparents are an excellent resource, mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. or your daycare. If you take right. your children to daycare, talk to your provider and see if there isn't some way you could help the kids. In right. daycare, raise a garden. Right. raised beds are easy. You know, container gardens are and a lot of vegetable plants especially are being bred for containers.
0: So uh yeah, just a pot. Just a pot. Just a plain old pot. Right. Yeah. Right. This
1: book, Root Shoots, Buckets, and Boots, even has you using like old rain boots or old cowboy boots to raise plants in too. <laughs> so, you know, old coffee cans. Uh it's a great way to bring in recycling to your kids as well. And uh just, you know, the limit is your imagination of what you can do right. with this. And then right. I'm going to end with my all-time favorite garden book. Uh-oh. It's not really about gardening so much, but it's one that I, I would highly recommend it, reading it as a family to your middle schoolers. It's a very old classic called The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett and it is a it's an adventure story with children in England um and it's how an old forgotten walled up garden that these kids refurbish helps heal an entire family yeah it's a wonderful one
0: there's nothing like going out to the garden when you are frustrated Yep. <laughs> or upset, yeah, and you do a task like pulling weeds, yeah, and it calms you down. Yeah. It, it grounds you. It takes away whatever you're, you were focused on, and your mind becomes clearer. It does, mm-hmm. and you know, like, well, and you engage
1: more than your eyes. You engage your eyes, your your sense of feel with your hands, sense of smell, your hearing, because it's never. Truly quiet in a garden. There's birds. There's insects. I swear, even some of the plants make noise. You know. Well, think of (laughs) think of sunflowers and corn with the wind passing through. It has its own sound, and you just are more alive in the garden than in the house sitting in front of the computer. So,
0: (laughs) but but you know, if if grandparents or parents don't have a space outside and they live in an apartment, sure, they can do a terrarium.
1: Oh, yes, those are
0: fun. You know, uh, I don't know, a window box. window box.
1: Even. Yeah, uh, everybody has the front steps, you know. Oh, sure, yes. Just a a five-gallon bucket on the front steps actually will raise an amazing amount of cucumbers or
0: tomatoes. Yes, (laughs) it will. It absolutely will. It does.
1: And there's so many seed companies now that, um, you know, there's a huge variety. You could play with, well, in fact, you could have a purple garden with purple tomatoes, purple eggplants, purple cauliflower, purple broccoli, you know, think how fun that would be. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. But uh, just to get you know yourself engaged, and this is a wonderful thing that children, even the most I'm too cool to pretend like I'm having fun, aged kid is still gonna like digging in the garden. Yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) it does it does more for us than we realize it's not physical it's spiritual it's it's you know like you were saying before it's using all your senses Mm -hmm. and and
1: an excellent
0: way to get to
1: connect with your teenagers who are reluctant mm -hmm. to really talk with mom and dad or even grandma and grandpa you know if you've got them out there said i need help out here let's go pick tomatoes or let's go you know, pick some green beans because that takes a while to pick green beans and just tell them, you know, leave your earbuds in the house, leave your phone in the house. You have quiet time. That's a good time to say, boy, taste this tomato. What do you think of that? Mm -hmm. What kind of meals do they have at school? Or do you know a lot of kids who won't eat tomatoes? You know, and just get some ideas rolling and you'd be surprised at what conversations come out. Some of my best conversations with my grandma was snapping peas on her front porch after we picked them in the garden. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's, you know.
0: it's a, it's building a, a connection it with is. that it is. communication. Yeah. That's priceless. That, yeah. that is a memory that they can take to their kids and their kids beyond. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's nothing and like it,
1: it. You know, it connects them back to the earth. I think kids, especially kids raised in the city who don't have the opportunity to be on the farm or to smell, mm. um, you know, what a field of wheat smells like. If you can get them into a garden, even one in the middle of a city, a community garden in a city block, you know, but it's still earth, it's still nature. Mm. And uh, if we have kids raised in gardens, when they become the leaders of this country, they will be better equipped to make better decisions about the environment about our food supply the safety of our food supply right uh, so it's it's a really important subject
0: well that's a that's a very good point and also you know they have a skill they can take with them exactly. if they get unemployed they can raise some of their food yes mm-hmm. and then it leads from then to preserving
1: your food yes yeah you know,
0: homemade pickles
1: homemade canned tomatoes Um, you're not, you're not at the mercy of the markets. You know, if you can raise food and your extension service can teach you how to can and preserve that food. So, uh, there's no reason to, uh, fear, you know, uh, that your family may face hunger. There's plenty of ways to avoid that. So absolutely. And it's a little knowledge and, um, A lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it goes a long way. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Lisa. This has been fun. Thanks for joining me. You bet. It's
1: been fun. And like I say, I will promote you to read with your children, grandchildren, the neighbor kids, your daycare kids, whoever's kids you're taking care of, read with them. And they may look like they're not paying attention, but those little brains, their ears are open and they are listening.
0: Yeah, it'll surprise you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you to the audience for listening. Tune in next time when we get to the heart of the matter on another horticulture topic.